Today's episode is brought to you by the Warrior Embodiment Course, how to embody the true warrior spirit in all areas of your life. This is my first course that I've built, you guys, as I've talked about a little bit. And if you want to take everything that you learn in this show and you want to apply it into your life in all the areas, you want to learn what it means to unlock and embody the true warrior spirit in all aspects of your life, go get this course. We're going to be beefing it up, getting it ready for the launch of my book in the fall. So get it now while the price is still low. I believe it's 37 bucks, 47 bucks. It's the best money you'll spend. And you know what? It's literally everything we learn in this into a practical format and modules and exercises and all that. So go get that. If you like, you like supporting the show, that really helps. Also, if you guys want to support the show, just go and leave us a review on Apple or share this with somebody you feel needs it. All of this helps and it's much appreciated. All right. Enjoy the episode. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. We had a great episode ahead for you today. We have Henry Kaminsky Jr. joining us. And you know what's funny is these conversations always go differently than I expect. You know, I thought we were going to go in and talk about more around business and more around branding. But you know what? It turned into an even better conversation than I expected. We started the conversation out around personal branding and business branding, what the difference is. But then we got into a bunch of awesome stories that Henry was telling that really painted a picture for you know what we're talking about and what's important around proper communication, what that looks like, asking the right questions, the importance of telling stories, the importance of being relatable, right? And understanding that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share things. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be a human. This was such a powerful conversation. And I look forward to going on his podcast as well. A little bit about him. <clears throat> he is the founder of Unique Designs with a Z, a full service design branding and digital marketing agency that is dedicated to helping personality brands Coaches, consultants, influencers, speakers, and authors design, grow their brands. Also scale their profits and increase their exposure online. So he does it all. This guy's been doing this for a while. Very skilled. He is also the host of the popular podcast called Brand Doctors Podcast, where he talks about strategies that help entrepreneurs design reputable and profitable personal brands. As a self-taught graphic designer and brand consultant, he's overcome all odds to build a wildly successful multi-million dollar business over the past 14 to 15 years. He has worked with diverse range of business owners and professionals, including celebrities such as Bon Jovi, Fabio Viviani, as well as internet marketing expert Russell Brunson, who has named Henry the million dollar brander and has been awarded multiple two comma club awards um, 
for generating millions of dollars with sales funnels. Sorry, <laughs> for generating millions of dollars with sales funnels and using ClickFunnels software. So this guy's the real deal. All his information is below to follow him on social media. And like I said, this was more than a, uh, a business branding conversation. This was really, really valuable. And I'm curious to hear your guys' takeaways from this. So first of all, let us know what you think about the show. Did you get value from it? If you did, share it with somebody you feel needs it or leave us a review on Apple. It's always greatly appreciated. And if you aren't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing? I'm just kidding. If you're new and you're not subscribed, here's how you can do it. You can go to Apple. You can go to Spotify. You can go to CastBox. You can hit the subscribe or the follow button. Or if you prefer to watch on YouTube, go ahead and hit YouTube, subscribe there, and hit the bell to stay notified. I just want you guys to make sure that you get all these amazing episodes, and I don't want you to miss it. All right? Get ready for a powerful episode. Henry Kaminsky Jr. coming right up. So, bro, I this was this actually came at a perfect time because I I think that so many people are struggling with branding in general. And I think a lot of people are confused because you hear personal branding, business branding, what should you focus on? What should you do? And I think including myself, I can get confused sometimes as to what is feeding what and when, when to focus on what. So to kick things off, I mean, this is maybe a question you probably get asked a lot, but just to kind of tee it up for people, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs, coaches, that kind of thing who want to generate revenue and want to build a business for themselves, but maybe just kind of starting out with what is the difference between business brand personal brand. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. So there is a big difference. And you know what, this actually, this conversation does come at a good time because I'm actually going through quite a transition myself personally. I'm opening up a cannabis dispensary in New Jersey in the next six months. I partnered with one of my long-term clients, Fabio Viviani, to do the private estate dining experience where he's got this 10,000 square foot private estate out in the outskirts of Chicago. And we have this, this exclusive membership that you, you come to his house and he cooks for you twice a year. And there's all these other exclusive events that happen throughout the year and all of his restaurants. And I am no longer just a business owner that runs a branding agency. I now have officially become an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. which is, I believe, somebody who has their hands in a couple of different things. And they're running the operation, not, not, not solely, but they're at that level. They're at that C-suite executive level and they got their hands in a few different things. So what do you brand first, the business or yourself? What should you be paying attention to your business or yourself? I believe that this needs to be done in tandem. There's not just one, one thing you should be doing at a time. I will always heavily lean into branding yourself over your business. That I will tell you. And here's why. Because I have a reputation. I've built this brand personality. And my partners now understand who I am and what I stand for and what I believe in. 
that's what made them ask me to go partners with them. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't because I had a pretty logo for my business. It wasn't because I branded my business the way that it looks today. It was because of the relationship that was created because they saw value in what I was doing or they saw similar values in themselves. And they said, Henry, we want you to be part of this Mm. with me. That's what I believe is the true uh, answer to this question. Now, it's still very, very important to brand your business because people are going to look at it from an aesthetic and say to themselves, is this business credible? Does it have an authority to it? Can I trust this brand? So that's going to come out aesthetically, but it's also have to, it also has to come out through your message. And I think a lot of people spend too much time on one or the other where they'll have a strong message, but poor branding, and then they will get judged by their cover and lose opportunities, or they'll go real, real pretty. And the message lacks because they spend too much effort just with the shine and the gleam, right? And that's a big problem as well. So you got to find that balance. And what I always say is you have to do the foundational work first so that you get the information, you get, the, you get all that discovery out in, in brand strategy, you get all that out first because that information and insight is gonna inform you on what you need to say and what it needs to look like in order to connect with the right people. So it's very, very important that you go through the specific steps and we could get into that later when it comes to branding yourself and in your business. But Listen, I think your business is at capacity or it can only go as far as you can take yourself. So if you're willing to learn and you're willing to become a forever student and constantly move and shake, then your business is going to constantly move and shake. But the minute you try to say, or the minute you start to feel like I'm good, that's when when your business caps. What's a good example just for people of somebody out there who's got a great personal brand. Yeah, I'm not going to use the obvious ones either. I'm going to use I'm going to use my partner. I'll use okay. my partner, celebrity chef Fabio Viviani. Okay. Okay. Here's a guy that came from came to the United States with nothing. When I tell you nothing, he had a $100 bill. That's all he had. And he came here from Italy and he said, "I am going to make something of myself." He slept in couches. He bust tables. He did everything that a, a, a 16-year-old boy, he wasn't 16 at the time. So that's another big thing. You know, like when we were all 16, what were we doing? We were busting tables. We were waiting tables. We were, we were pushing carts at the grocery store. <laughs> Excuse me. We were stocking shelves. We were doing anything to make a buck, right? And this guy started at the absolute bottom here. Wound up going to get on uh, Top Chef, that show, Top Chef. Wound up, I don't think he won Top Chef, but he got really, really close to winning. But he still got a tremendous amount of attention. Why? Because he was who he was. And he didn't 
apologize for it. So if you go follow Fabio Viviani on Instagram, you can see he's very outspoken. He's going to tell you how it is, whether you like it or not. And there's something to say about that, right? The guy is extremely comfortable in his own skin. And that's why people love him. Because there's a lot of other celebrity chefs out there that aren't as open personally about their lives. I mean, this guy's shooting pictures of his backyard with his chicken coops. You know what I mean? Like he's like, and people can relate to that because like he's what my wife calls normal as a celebrity, right? Because I think a lot of people think once you get to that certain level, you change, you, you're different, you can't be so public, this and that. This guy does not care. And he just gives it to you how it is. And I think we see a lot of each other in ourselves. And that's why we're such great partners because he knows his lane. I wouldn't dare step in it. And he, he knows that I got my lane and he wouldn't dare step in it. Right. But we're both very outspoken. We're both very, listen, this is who we are. We're not for everybody, but the ones that can relate to us, we want to give you a big hug because we're, you're one of us or I'm one of you. So I think that's, I hope you got the, the lesson out of that is it, it's really becoming comfortable in your own skin. And I'll be honest with you, Lance, I'm 40. I'm going to be 42 this year. You look good. September. Thank you. And it took me a long time to get comfortable in my own skin. So I'm not, I'm not up here on my high horse preaching down. There's still days where I'm like, what am I doing? Should I be doing this? Uh, maybe I should be doing something completely else because this, I suck at this and that I get in my head. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I turn around and I'm like, bro, this is what made you who you are. Own that and respect that and trust that it's going to take you to where you want to be. And that's it. Yeah, I love that. And that's the thing, right? And it's sometimes it's a challenge for people to really be who they want to be because they're so worried about what other people are doing. You know, like, should I be like this because somebody that I look up to is like that and they're not saying this or they're not talking about that? And it becomes challenging, right? And, and you know, well, the last two years especially, and I've noticed it too, I'm like, Man, do I talk about that? Do I share that? If I don't, then I'm not being true to myself. Then I know that it's eating me up if I don't, you know, and there's like certain things. But at the same time, you don't want to be talking. You don't want to be a downer, but you want to give people some like at least some like inspiration to like make changes in your life. You know, especially on this show, it's like you could you could talk about all the the terrible shit going on. But if you leave people feeling deflated, then what good is it? It's like sometimes you got to talk about the ugly things, but at least give people a roadmap on how to get out of it. Yeah. And so let me give you a funny example of this, right? So my wife just turned 40 and we went down to Disney for a long weekend and we have a dog that we rescued just a few months ago. So he's still kind of, I wouldn't say he's still getting used to us, but he's still, he still has some, some, some anxieties of being left because he was left as a pup at, a, at the doorstep of a vet and his owners never came back for him. And yeah, if you're a dog lover, you kind of know that that will leave a mark on 
an animal until they find the next person that will be around for a considerable amount of time. Right. So course, yeah. we don't bring him. And plus he's, he's got a high prey drive and he's, he's not good with other animals. So we have a vet. We have a person that comes here to the house and watches him when we're away. Right. So we come back yesterday and the house is kind of a wreck. Right. And you could see that the dog was acting out just like, moving the pillows all over the place. And like my, my son's book bag was in my office. Like how the hell did that get here? Right. So you could see, you could definitely tell that the dog was acting out. Right. So this morning I'm at the gym. My wife texts me. She goes, this dog is going to get it. <laughs> she goes, he grabbed, he, he took, wait until you see what he destroyed above and beyond what he did yesterday. So I get home and, there's the toy, my son's toy, and it's in a thousand pieces in the landing of the stairwell. And I didn't go at my dog and stick his nose in it, reprimand him and do all of that, what typical pet owners do. I just picked it up and threw it out. But here was the traumatic part. My, my son is walking down the steps to go to school and he sees the, the toy in a gazillion pieces. And he goes into a, he's four. So he goes into a whole cry fest. Like, why would the dog do such a thing? I thought my dog loved me. Why would he eat all my toys? It's not about you, Dante. It's not about you, Dante. This dog has been anxious for four days because he hasn't seen his family. So he's acting out. Now he's trying to, he's trying to deal with that anxiety and how he's doing that is that he's putting his attention to other things. He doesn't know that that's your toy. He's just going for something that's going to help him ma manage that stress and manage that anxiety. And it's the same thing with people. A lot of times we think that they're doing it because they want to get back at us or they want to get a rise out of us. That is not the case at all. I get these quotes every day and I save them to my home screen on my phone every single day. So I swap them out every single day. And there was one that says, take care of yourself first because that's what everybody else is doing. The minute you start to look at other people and you start to think that they're doing things, because of you. Yeah. <laughs> that is the farthest from the truth. Crazy. You're doing it because of them. Yeah. They have the issues. They have the anxiety. They have the problem. Don't insert yourself into that. Right. Be empathetic to it. Yeah. How can I help you? You know, is there something that I can do to help you? How can help me help you? You know, that's another thing that I love to talk to my team about. And I also love to talk to my clients about help me help you. So that's by me asking tons of questions, right? Clarifying questions. We always talk about that. Like there's no wrong question in my, in my businesses. I don't care if you're sitting next to me at a corporate level or you're the person that's cleaning the sinks. If you have a question about something, bring it to any of our attention you're never going to get reprimanded for it. I don't care if it's the simplest question or the most difficult question. 
right? And that's our culture in all of our businesses because we don't want to create that fear in people that, that work with us. Like, oh, they don't, oh, they're, they're, they're going to think that we don't know what we're doing. And no, that's not the case. So having that empathy and that, I call it a sixth sense. Not a lot of people have it, Lance. Yeah. But to pick up on that when you're communicating with people is going to help you become such a stronger communicator. Yeah, you become more human. Yes. And, and people can connect with you better and they can understand you better. And if they understand you better, then they'll open up and that's where the magic happens that's it you know that that's that's it and i i wish i learned this sooner but i you know i i didn't i had to learn all the hard all the hard steps and ways to become a better communicator i wasn't surrounded by good communicators as a kid you know my parents went through a horrible divorce at a at a very pivotal age you know and it went on for like six seven years so like from 10 to 16 you know, I had to navigate this world like pretty much on my own the best that I can. I mean, I had support here and there. I wasn't like left by myself by any means, but there was a lot of <laughs> things that I needed to try to digest and understand at such a young age where I just did the best I could, right? There was no way I was going to be able to come out of that on top, but I'm a scrappy guy, so I will, I will do the best that I can to get, to get through something. And I, I think it turned out okay, because now I'm a father. Now I'm, I would say, a leader in a couple of different businesses now, and I learned. And I could use those experiences, use these experiences to teach the people under me how to become better communicators, because I think that's why I'm here. People ask like, oh, branding, what's your why and this and that. Like, it's not to make you a pretty logo. It's not to make you a fancy website. It's not to make you any of that. It's to make you a better communicator. Because if you can communicate better to your team, to your audience, to anybody, you're going you're gonna to raise everything up. And I think that's why I had to go through all that tough stuff as a kid, because now I could talk about it very confidently. Such a good point. Communication is literally the most important thing. And then that's where everything fails too. It's always when something goes wrong, where did I not communicate this properly? Where did I not, where did somebody not get the message properly? You know, mm -hmm. it's like that in sports. It's like mm -hmm. that as an entrepreneur, it's like you can, you can blame everybody all you want, but when you're leading a team, you have to ask yourself, where did the disconnect happen? You know, like yeah. what, what did I, what can I say different so that it lands better? And that's such a great point that, that people forget about. And it's the better communicator you are, the better you yeah. become in all areas of your life. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was, there was, there were times where, well, I'll, I'll share another story with you personal. I love your stories, man. You tell yeah, a great story. I, I love thank it. you. So when I was a kid, my, my, my father was building this home up in the boondocks of Pennsylvania, the, the Pocono mountains. It's like, it still looks like it's from the eighties. <laughs> like, it never really developed into, you know, anything, but he, 
he grew up in the city his whole life. So when he retired, he wanted to move where there was like nobody. Right. And so he did, but as a kid, he was building this little, as, as a kid, he was building this log cabin and I would go up on the weekends with him and, and it was a two and a half hour ride from where we lived in New Jersey to the Pocono. So I'd sit there in this, in this jalopy pickup truck. Uh, and we would schlep up there every Friday and schlep down every Sunday. And I had questions as a, as a, as a curious little boy, I had a gazillion questions, just like my four-year-old. Why, why he's in that eight stage, right? Why, why? And like, you can, you could get pissed off, right. And get frustrated and want to shut them up. Or you can answer every, every question that they ask. I will tell you, it gets taxing sometimes, especially if you don't get sleep. But I realized what was happening when I was asking all these questions, I was getting the same response. It was because I said so, or what are you writing a book? So eventually after dozens of those responses, what did I do? Stopped asking questions. I thought it was a bad thing to ask questions. So did that get me into some trouble later on in life, especially in business? We'll make this more business focused. I would take on projects. I would not ask my clients the proper questions. I would assume, and we all know what happens, and then I would show them projects and they'd be like, where did you get this from? And then whose fault is it? It's not their fault. They trusted me. So had to learn the hard way a few times in the past, but here's what happened. As I got older, I started to realize that me being afraid to ask questions was only hurting me, not helping me. So I got over the fear of asking questions through therapy. That was the only way I could do it. And I went through, I took myself through therapy, not, you know, I wasn't told to go or anything like that. I said, I need to get over this because <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a grown man now, right? So I got used to asking questions like why or how or what and, and, and just got very comfortable with it, right? And people actually appreciated me for asking those questions. And that's when my life changed, right? And now with a four-year-old son, when he asked why, why would my, why would my dog chew and destroy my toy that I love? Dante at four years old did not understand my dog's anxiety. <laughs> he didn't. So I had to explain, when I explained it to him, he's like, I get it. I get it now. It's not that he doesn't like me. It's he's got his own stuff. So I congratulate my son for asking those questions. I don't push him away. So that's something that I had to talk to my father about because I said, that didn't help me as a kid. And it doesn't help me now, especially you're 80 years old. I'm 40. I'm going to be 42. I got, I got a lot of questions still. So hopefully you can answer them for me, you know? 
So I'm not afraid to ask those questions anymore. And that's something that, again, has made me such a strong communicator because, you know, I'm working with a client right now. He runs a big landscaping company and he's got, got like almost, almost 30 employees, 20 some employees. And some of the internal frustration is the older gentlemen that are working in the, on the team are afraid to ask questions because they don't want to look vulnerable. And here's the, the, the owner of the company saying, not going to look stupid. You're not, I'm not going to look at you any different. I want you to ask the questions. Why? Because I don't want you to go to work for six hours and it'd be all wrong. Right. And then me have to come to the job site and say, rip it down and start over. Right. <laughs> and then, then you're really going to be pissed. And then I'm going to really be pissed when a simple clarifying question could have changed that whole trajectory of the day and the progress of that day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just getting over a cold. So I sound like a, I don't smoke either. And I sound like I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's my rant on that, you know, a, a asking good questions. It's, it's so important. I can resonate with that because, you know, when you were telling your story about when you were a kid, I was, I was just thinking about myself as I got older when, you know, you get shot down for asking a question and then you think that it's going to be a stupid question and then you end up getting yourself in shit later because you didn't ask. And you knew intuitively, I should ask that, you know, even in school, even in projects, even anything, it's like, you know, oh, I should ask this. No, I'm, I'm too proud to ask this. And then you end up having to dig yourself out of a hole later. How many people do that because they're too proud to ask the question? Exactly. I don't want to look stupid in front of them. But then you end up looking stupid when you make a, a, a big mistake that costs time, money, effort. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I first, when I started working with this landscaping company, there was a lot of lingo, landscape lingo that I had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> and I could easily, it would have been easy for me to be like, I don't want to sound like, an, I don't want to look like an idiot. So I'm not going to ask what a cape, uh, no, nah, that's a silly one. I'm not going to ask what a CPI is because I don't want to look stupid. No, <laughs> I'm like, forgive me. I have no idea what a CPI is. I'm making this up. Oh, a CPI is this. Oh, oh, okay. Now I got it. Now I never really have to ask that question again. I know what a CPI is now, right? It's the same thing in business, it's the same thing in, in dating life and personal life and all of that. Like you have to ask those questions and, and you could always, you could frame that question up however you'd like to make it easier. Okay. I, I might be, I might be silly for asking this. I know people that go, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot here, but I really don't know what this is. It's all about framing the question, right? right. Help me understand because I'm new to this. What does this mean? Right. And that was something one of my business coaches taught me because I didn't know how to frame up a conversation to get the information that I needed. And she helped me. You, you just got to frame it right. You just got to frame it. Listen, so one of these exercises that I was doing in, in this personal development program, I needed to interview my father. And my father, again, is just very, you know, he's very warm to, 
to, to the family in general, but like outside of the family, he's a cold, he's very cold. He's not open. He's not, he's very to himself. Right. But even for me, sometimes depending on the day, it's tough to break into him. Right. So this coach tells me I got to go interview him. And I'm like, this is going to be like pulling teeth. Right. If I just start berating him with questions. So she said, why don't you just tell him you're going through a program? Why don't you just tell him that? I didn't think of it. She said, dad, I'm going through this program. I hired a coach. I'm going through this program. And this is why I'm asking these questions because our lineage doesn't need to continue the way it's continuing over generations. It could evolve, but somebody has got to step up and take responsibility for that evolution. So I got some questions that I got to ask you so that I can do this. So that what grandma and grandpa gave to you in which you gave to me, I now can decide whether or not or what to give to my son. But I need some clarification first. So I got a couple questions. Now I pre-frame the conversation. I could have done that even sooner or quicker, but I'm, I'm dragging it out here for the show so you guys can pull what you'd like. That's how I got him to answer a bunch of freaking questions that I had no clue about, about my grandfather, because he died when I was like two or three. So I really didn't get a chance to meet him really at all as a functioning human being. I just remember him being scary. That's all I remember of him as being is scary because he was, he was loud and he was, he was quiet and loud. That was it. There was no in between. And he had this like mean look on his face all the time. So I wanted to know like where that came from. So I had a lot of questions. So anyway, we got through that by, by framing the questions up in a way that my father understood. This is an interrogation. This is clarity. This is, I want to, I don't want to give the shit to Dante that was passed down to you and was passed down to me. I want to nip that stuff in the butt now, but I need to figure out where they came from. When did you decide to take that kind of ownership? Because not a lot of people have that self-awareness. Well, that's the superpower of mine. If you, if you ask any one of my therapists or coaches, they'll say, your level of self-awareness is out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe, so there's a couple of reasons why I think it's so hypersensitive, my self-awareness, and it's one being an only child. So I really got a chance to talk to myself a lot. <laughs> it sounds out. <laughs> But, but, but I really had a lot of conversations with myself as an only child. That's one. Two, I said to myself, well, this is what was brought to me by my coach. She said, the reason your father is the way he is, is not his fault. It was the lineage. It was what was given to him. And he was able to do what he could with it. And he gave that to you. So. I had an exercise I had to go through. I had to pick out five positive traits of my father and five negative traits of my father. And then I had to pick which two negative traits I wanted to quote unquote, go to war on or go to war with to try to, try to 
not pass that down to my, to my, to my son, right? Or to bring it into my life. Same thing with my mother. I had to do the same exercise. And what I realized was I have to take responsibility for this because I don't want the same crap that my parents went through, that I went through. I don't want my son to go through that. You know, I just don't want to see that lack of communication ever again in my life. And I think that's why my wife and I are over communicators to each other and to our son. My son is four years old, but you can have a conversation with him like he's a grown ass man. And you'd laugh because you're like, you're four. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, we're already evolving that lineage by doing that. Right. But I had to take responsibility for it because I said, I don't want to see my son go through the same crap I did. I mean, what parent, unless you're extremely selfish, wants to put their children through everything they went through? I know some parents that are like that. Right. But, but I mean, I get the whole earn your keep responsibility, things like that. Like, yeah, I'm all for incentivizing and earning what you have but to rip your kids through mud just because you went through mud nah i don't agree with that yeah i i completely agree it's just sometimes i find you know i say the same thing but then i find myself going back to my default of things my dad did and i'm like shit that's not me i don't that's not that's not who i am Mm -hmm. But that's why, you know, I continue to do the work as well. It's like, cause you got to reprogram that subconscious mind and all those beliefs and that, that default setting. Right. Because sometimes it's like intentionally, like, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want, I don't want to treat people like that. My dad was a great guy, but just kind of example, it's like he had a temper and I have a temper and I'm like, I don't want to, but I see myself snapping and saying things that I regret. And I'm like, shit, I said, I wasn't going to be like that. And I'm like, I've done all this work, you know, spirituality and all the things, and yet I'm still snapping. And I'm like, what is that? And then I got to bring it back and be like, wow, okay. You know, what, how for you, for you, when you're going through things and you notice that pattern that you're trying to break, how do you, what do you do to get out of that? So that you're yeah, like, so I break it. I'm starting a yeah. new story here. I'm creating something new here. Yeah. So let me, let me give credit where credit's due. So. One of my business coaches, her name is Beth Handel, and she co-founded a, a group called the Handel Group with her sister. And they, they're, 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 they're life coaches, executive coaches. I think they, they go more executive coach route because that's their client base. And she said, you know, you have a board of directors in your head, right? And these three folks are there to just give you shit all day long. That's what they're there for. Okay. And here's the three of them. There's the brat, there's the chicken, and there's the weather reporter. Right. And the, the chicken is obviously going to make you scared of things and make you say, ah, no, nah, you're right. Don't call them back because I already called them yesterday. Not, not worth it. Nope, nope, nope. The brat's going to tell you to, to just do it because you can. Right. What we found was I was a brat with my money. I bought things because I could. And if somebody said you couldn't do that, I just did it, right? Because I wanted to show you, right? So we realized how my, my financial 
intelligence and my financial literacy wasn't because I wasn't good with money. I was a brat with money. So I had to figure that out. And then the weather reporter is always going to be like, yeah, things are okay. You know, everything, you know, it's not that bad, you know, and, and then you would go on thinking like that was okay to do. So now when I get these thoughts, right, or I get these situations where my, my mom had a temper too. So I, I get hot headed. My father used to call me that and warned my wife about it. And, and told me straight to my face, that's like your mother's behavior. And I said to myself, what is that? And here's what I found. It was the chicken. It was actually the chicken. Because the chicken was trying to keep me safe. Okay. So how do you keep yourself safe? You puff up, you react, you get loud and you push them away, right? My hot headedness came from my inner fear. I was just scared and I didn't know how to deal with that fear. So I would try to scare you away with my hot headed explosions. And so now that I could easily label these patterns and these thoughts, chicken, brat, or the, the weather reporter, I could stop myself immediately and be like, who's talking to me here? What board of directors is talking to me here? And again, you can't fire these people. They're there forever. So you have to figure out how to work with them. So, you know, my, my coach is always like, you know, when, when the chicken starts to speak up, just tell them to F off. That <laughs> she uses the real word. And that just recalibrates me. Right. And then I get it, I get into it. So it was funny. I was, I was walking around Disney for three days this weekend. And I was like self-conscious of, right. And I wasn't feeling that good too. So I'm sweating like you would not believe it wasn't even that hot. And I'm starting to get nervous. And I'm like, it hit me. There's a gazillion people in this park. You think that they're looking at your sweat right now? <laughs> you think that they give a crap about you sweating? They're probably sweating themselves, right? That helped me considerably just calm down and get on with it. And I didn't care about me sweating anymore. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize, like, they're afraid to do video. They're afraid to do this. They're afraid to do that. Listen, we all got our own stuff. Just know that, right? It's like dating for the first time, right? You're so nervous to talk to that person. And finally you get in front of them and they're like the coolest people in the world. And then you're like, oh my God, why was I so scared? Did you ever think that they were just as nervous as you? Right? Think about, you know, think about that for a second. They probably are just as nervous as you, if not more. So what are people really attracted to? Confidence. And what, what we found out in my business was this. People bought my confidence. There's other people out there that I could brand better than me, if, you know, just as good as me. 
But why did people, why do people spend 30 to 50 to 60 grand on brand strategy and development and design and all of that with me? Because when I sit down with you, I make them feel confident that they're going to get what they are asking for. and They're going to get the results that they're looking for. And I've been doing this for 12, 15 years now. So I know what I'm doing. And it comes out in my body language. It comes out in my communication. That's why people spend <laughs> what they would spend to buy a, a nice car on. That's what they spend with me to brand their business because my confidence is what makes them successful, right? It's when I had a client come to me and say, I was selling websites for $8,000 and I was just, I was barely breaking even every time. And then I got you as a coach and I'm on a call. I had two sales calls that week and I was ready to say $8,000 and I told the guy 18 instead and he bought. Same thing with the next guy. I was going to tell him $2,500, but I told him $25,000 because I was feeling I was feeling good because I was one for two and the guy bought. So there was a couple other, a couple other sales calls. He had that guy made, he spent a thousand dollars with me for an hour and he made $48,000 in the next week on three sales calls, two or three sales calls. Why? Because I gave him the confidence that came from me. What does Oprah Winfrey say? You can't give what you don't have. Right. So something that I learned through her was one thing you do have in is a lot of balls, a lot of courage, because I've been in business now 12 years and was, was hustling the first two, you know, kind of off the books a little bit. Like, like there's no reason why I should be here. No reason. If it wasn't for the, my courage and confidence. And you, you, your self-worth, right, as well. Like you believe you're worthy of that. And that's essentially what you're teaching these people as well. Because yeah. if you don't believe you're worth it and you- They won't either. And you're worried that you're just trading time for money and not your value and your experience. Right. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a big light bulb is people that goes off, right? Mm -hmm. Like your worth, are you worthy of it? If you don't believe you're worthy of it, that's a problem. Huge problem. That's why people come and they get rebranded with me because they say, Henry, I want to raise my price, but have you seen my website? It's garbage. And I'm like, I don't want to say it. I'm happy you said it, not me, but I'm happy that you're aware of that. So let's get that fixed. Let's get that confidence back. Funny story, girl uh, was a coach, hockey coach for like 25 years up in Canada. I tell this story a lot. So if you heard it already, you can fast forward it. But she was selling her time for 215 an hour. I said, you've been doing this for 25 years. You know things that people don't. You're giving, you're like giving your way, your, 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 your goods away for free. I said, charge 2,500 an hour. See what happens. So she was a little uncomfortable with it and I helped her restructure her offer. So it made more sense. Then she started selling these little mini coaching group sessions, 25 K a pop where there was 10 people in there. Right. 
but it was only for two hours a month. And so she immediately like 10 extra business in three months. Then now she has the time. Now she has the freedom. Now she has the confidence. Now she's working with higher level customers because, you know, I, I got to tell you, it's a lot easier to sell we're, like this, this private dining experience membership that we were selling here. The low end is 10,000 for the year. The high end is 15,000 15, for the top membership. We sell those easier than we sell a $500 console. Wow. They, they feel they, well, they, they, they see the confidence in, 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 in Fabio, right? Cause he's done this a gazillion times and he's, he's a, he's a chef, man. He's, he's a celebrity chef and his food is really, really good. And it's noted, but where did that come from? How do you get that good? Well, you got to believe you got to believe that you're that good. Otherwise you're, you're done. And I, listen, we all get in funks, right? I was in a funk last year for almost the whole year because I was, I had this story in my head that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing anymore until I finally got smacked <laughs> and they said, do you think you're really going to get more business with that attitude? And I was like, no, and that was it. And then I changed my tune and I start getting letters from clients like this. That'll put you in tears. And I said, my work's not done. Look at how I've helped these people. Oh, yeah. look how I've helped these people. And that, that completely kind of recalibrated, re, re, you know, rewired me. Mm. And this year, you know, I, I pretty much doubled my business in four months from last year, just from a change of attitude just from a change of attitude. So, and again, that's better communication, not only with people, but with yourself. It's a beautiful message, bro. There's so much gold there. And I'm going to definitely go back and listen to that because it's so easy to get stuck in these funks and have that attitude. And you're absolutely right. Like, how do you expect to grow if you're going to sit in that poor attitude you're just going to perpetuate those those low level feelings and emotions outward and that's what you're going to get back you 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 send out shit you're going to get shit back that's it don't ask why you're why this yeah. is happening to me man ask what am i doing to make this happen where can everybody learn more about you and this conversation flew by, man. This was, this was great. This was really valuable. I really appreciate it. Where, where can everybody learn more about you and potentially work with you? Yeah. So if you just go to unique at designs with a Z at the end, not an S dot net, you'll get access to my YouTube channel. Uh, if you just type in the brand doctor on YouTube, you'll be able to catch me there too. But it, that's all linked to that website. I just gave you go there, subscribe to Instagram and YouTube. I got my podcast, which I would love to have you on Lance. Yeah. We'll continue the conversation. Cause I, I have so many questions for you that I want to, <laughs> I want to ask you. So yeah, I come on the show and we'll, we'll chop it up. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. It'd be lots of fun. Yeah. I, I always like getting to know the people behind the brand, you know, the human behind it. And it's, yeah, dude, this is great. I can see why you're successful. You're very relatable. 
you know, you're open and I, I could see why, you know, and I really appreciate you sharing this with my audience. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Just remember this guys, the, the, the quality of your brand will determine the quality of your clients and the quality of clients will determine the quality of your life. So if you can keep that close by and understand that at a deep level, you're going to be fine. Awesome. Thanks brother.